Welcome to Who New. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who, and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Visit our website, whonewpodcast.com, or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and on Facebook at Who New Podcast. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash whonewpodcast. Today's episode is episode 11 of season 3, Utopia. At the end of the universe, humanity struggles to find a way to survive and get to a place called Utopia. This episode is written by Russell T. Davis, directed by Graham Harper. It originally aired on the 16th of June, 2007, and it was watched by 7.3 million viewers in the overnight ratings. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Hi, this is Brian. This is Kelsey. Hi, this is Arlene. Hello, this is Auburn. This is Josh. Hi, this is Frank. And this is Eugene. The TARDIS lands on the rift in Cardiff to refuel. The Doctor sees Jack Harkness running toward them and takes off. Jack jumps and holds on to the outside of the TARDIS as it travels a hundred trillion years into the future to the end of the universe. So this really struck me when he sees Jack and is not happy about it. Yeah, he bails. Sorry, before we get too far, Eugene or anyone else, can they remind myself and our listeners where this fits in with Torchwood and and everything else? Because I know I've seen Torchwood, but... If you haven't listened to our last episode, the Torchwood Season 1 overview, you should listen to that now, because that will bring you up to speed of where Captain Jack has been since we last left him off in Satellite 5 at the end of Season 1 with Christopher Eccleston, and then Torchwood Season 1 happens between Season 2, Tooth and Claw, and where we are now in Season 3, Utopia. Okay. So if we've never watched Torchwood, is that something we can listen to? Absolutely, I think so. But I mean, it's spoilery, because it gives you things that happen. Yeah, but so you know what happens, but like... You'd be able to follow it. Yes. If you weren't watching Torchwood, is this the first time you've seen Captain Jack? Since no. since, no, he, since, since, since season season one. Since, since season one. Ninth. You should listen to that Torchwood season one overview now. And Jack <laughs> does a good job, you know, kind of hitting the highlights when he's talking to Martha mm-hmm. of what's going on. But when the TARDIS lands in Cardiff and you see this, if you watch Torchwood, it's like, they're, they're going to bring outside. Jack. They're going to get, you know, mm-hmm. all, Gwen and all these other people that are going on. Is what you're thinking. It's like, they're, they're at Torchwood. So mm-hmm. you already know it. And then you see Jack running up and it's like, okay, what's going on? But you also know what's happening in Torchwood and he's all, you know, running up alone. And then the doctor just doesn't want anything to do with him. It's like, no, we're taking off now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems odd you're like what's going on but there's a lot of good callbacks here i mean he's martha goes oh we're in cardiff again the kind of disdain for cardiff yeah and then she's like wait isn't there a wasn't there an earthquake and you know that was them and like yeah you referenced oh, that's a, that was a whole other lifetime right, right. Different right. Than. Yeah. with, with that the other man again david Tennant never had an episode with the slovene um you know he says and then he explains what the rift is and he says oh wow look the rift's been active and it's like well yeah because two seconds ago a demon was crawling out of it and destroying all of cardiff at the uh, end of torchwood season yeah. one at the end of season one of torchwood which is kind of funny that the doctor doesn't know about it he's busy I know, but he knows all this history of what's going on. He doesn't know just, yet. He just isn't part of that. He's not he, part of it. He wasn't there. And I love the shot of Jack on the outside of the TARDIS screaming. I just think that's great. I thought that it was mean of the Doctor to do something like that to Jack, especially since they were in just such an intimate position last time when mm-hmm. they had seen each other. But then I was like, I don't care. Jack's back. <laughs> hey, they kissed um, last time. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of uh, when we last did the Doc, did... The ninth doctor see what happened to Jack? I can't mm, recall. No. We weren't told. No. He did not no, see it. He was screen, not there. On, on screen, screen, no. On screen, no. 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 So, no. so we just see Jack be revived. And that's it. 
totally He didn't separate. even know Jack died. Supposedly. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, he didn't see that. So. Because he was busy up on the bridge. So that's what makes me a little, feel a little oogie about him seeing him and immediately rejecting him. We find out why, but that's is such, that's out. why this opening that I like because it's oh he'll be happy to see Jack and he's not. Oh, he's and not. It's like, What's what going is on? going on? But should we go ahead on this podcast and talk a little bit about what happened to Jack? I say we talk about it because now I'm curious. Okay, let's do that. Who me? Yeah, <laughs> since you brought it up. <laughs> so what happened to Captain Jack when Jack and David Tennant are talking, and David Tennant admits I ran away from you. And right. Jack next- says, well, what I did was, you know, I had my vortex manipulator. I jumped back to trying to get to the 21st century overshot, wound up in 1890, lived my life again. So I lived, you know, lived through everything, lived through World War II. Lived, and that's you know, where Jack changed because he was an idiot because he kept talking about the doctor and trying to find the doctor and just blabbing. In so fragments? Tor- in, did he do that? Yeah. yeah. Because okay. he, So Torchwood hurt him. Because Torchwood, Torchwood is established at this point when he overshoots it and goes into 1890? 1890, yeah. 90s, somewhere, yeah. So there's two Torchwood ladies that find him, and they keep killing him, experimenting on him. And then they force him to work for them to round up other aliens. And he does, but then they kill the other aliens, and he says he's not going to do it anymore. But then, reluctantly, what else is he going to do? They can lock him up forever. So he does start working for Torchwood and then moves up into the ranks. And then in uh, New Year's Eve for 2000, when the doctor is in San Francisco for the doctor movie, mm-hmm. you know, he's over at Torchwood and the current head of Torchwood 3 has killed everybody and is freaking out and saying, this is the 21st century. Everything's changing. He can't handle it. They can't handle it. Jack, you're now promoted. Good luck and kills himself. So Jack now is the head of Torchwood 3 with nobody else everybody else has been killed so they go on to talk about how he met and recruited his team the ones that we know now so they've been together not very long they've only yeah, been it's, together it's for new. about five years ish yeah i have to look at the actual dates if they have them but i know they showed how they did it but i don't think they said all the dates what a depressing story this is yeah it's very depressing <laughs> so that kind of gives us more insight to why jack isn't the same Jack that we saw in Doctor Who. He's not the con man, f- lighthearted, funny, mm. definitely more somber given what he's just like lived through. That's true. The only problem that I have with that is when Jack does go back on to Doctor Who, he's old Jack. Exactly. That's how he's written is the same. You get that. Sure. When he shows up in season three, he's, he's old Jack. Yeah. It, it is very kind of disconcerting. Because two different teams working on the same character, you're going to have, you know, something that doesn't oh, well. gel. And even, you know, so, you know, when this pilot is starting, the last time we saw Jack was at the end of the world and he Running comes back off to life. stage left. Yeah. Like he just runs off. So he's off, died. Off. He, you know, Dalek killed him. Rose, Rose brings life. Mm-hmm. He wakes up and that's it. And the next thing we see is him leading this team of people. So we don't even know anything. We don't even know he's immortal. We know it's just like what is going on? Mm-hmm. How how did this happen? Now we knew but he's we a time did agent. We know that he died. Right. Mm-hmm. But that could mean that you know you could have shot him again. And he would have killed. You know he would have died. It didn't mean that yeah, he kept point, coming back from death. So it, this does introduce like Jack's team does not know that he has that ability. So at the end but of this episode, we learned that in episode one. Yes, at the end, and so does Gwen. But that's a, sh- I mean, that's a shock to us where it's like he gets shot and stands up again. It's like, oh, Rose made him immortal. Not she didn't just bring him back to life. She made him so he couldn't die. And that was a bit of a shock. And, you know, we had that discussion when we were talking about children of need special. Oh, OK. Oh, that's right. We did. 
that's when we talked about it. Um, yeah, there's a one, li- there's a throwaway like, line. Jack's helping rebuild the earth or something. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all we have for now. <laughs> I wish we had seen Jack on the TARDIS during the main titles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted to do that. Yeah. Did they, they wanted to do that? They wanted to do that, they but they didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have been worth it. The but money. they were laughing, just thinking that would be the greatest thing. It would have. That's why you see him on the TARDIS screaming in that close-up shot, and then they cut to the future kind saying, humans. Oh. And then they go to the opening credits, because if they went straight to opening credits, it'd break continuity. Mm. Oh, I wondered about that. Yeah. The TARDIS lands on a rocky planet. It looks like a quarry. When the Doctor and Martha step out, they find Jack dead on the ground. But not for long. Jack comes back to life to the shock of Martha and, you know, the disdain of the Doctor. Jack is upset that the Doctor just abandoned him, and Martha wonders if this is standard practice for the Doctor, abandoning his companions. Jack tells him that he used his vortex manipulator to travel back in time, but overshot his mark by 100 years. He stayed near the rift in Cardiff, knowing the Doctor would use it to refuel the TARDIS at some point. They see a human running from a group of primitive human-like creatures known as the Future Kind, and they run to help him. In a nearby base called the Silo, Professor Yana and his assistant Chantho notice the hunt on a monitor, and also the arrival of a strange blue box. Yana is lost in a memory of beating drums, but Chantho brings him back. They need to finish their work. Chantho, and the way she speaks, it's a clever little bit. It's just a little something to make her alien. I think it was Phil Collinson that read the script and goes, did Russell make a typo? (laughs) (laughs) It was annoying at first, but it is nice, and it does give a lot of history to a race that you know nothing about. Plus, I think the the actress sells it. Yeah. Good makeup, too. Mm -hmm. We get the doctor with this, yeah, we really should go. And this time, he doesn't even say anything. He's just that big, broad smile smile. um, heading toward the door. The instant you see Jack, it's the Torchwood theme, a little snippet of the Torchwood Mm -hmm. theme. One more thing is, um, when Martha runs back into the TARDIS uh, to get something. The medical bag. The medical bag. The doctor stands over Jack and says, I'm sorry. What's he sorry for? Leaving him or the fact that he's immortal now. Exactly. What happened to him, I think. Or that he just carried him 100 trillion years into the future on the outside of the TARDIS. I mean, it's like, what is he saying I'm sorry about? Everything. Who knows? Because I kind of like read it going, I'm sorry about the whole bad wolf situation. I I don't know. Maybe I missed something, but I just don't see how he would know he's a time lord though yeah and he had the heart of the tardis inside of him that brought that had just brought oh so maybe that so it was the heart of the tardis um that um (laughs) that brought him jack back and then when he had that in him he had all that knowledge yes all right well there you go which now we're kind of we didn't know that at the time and i don't even think russell davis knew at the time but now he's just kind of oh wouldn't it be interesting if the doctor is not happy to see jack i think it's a great thing so that's how he explains it through through everything that was going on the doctor figured out and he knew what happened to jack and he got out of there really fast I think it's interesting that the Time Lords don't go to see the end of the universe. That's not some place they go to. They get distracted. And the Time Lords, like, you know, they get distracted by shiny things. There's nothing shiny. <laughs> there wasn't anything shiny there. There's no stars. It's all yeah. darkness. It was fun when he said, oh, I missed this. And he's yeah, writing. Yeah. I love, yeah. I like that. And it's the old Jack. It's, the old, it's a Jack it's that we know from Doctor Who, not the Jack from Torchwood. Yeah. so weird that that's... You're making me thing. not want to watch Torchwood. <laughs> right? so, yeah, I, I got to put in that the disclaimer, because Torchwood was a really a good show. It had some great actors, the writing. It's not it just, what you expect. It's just not uplifting. You know, but it is done well. But it is a darker show, and it is not one that has happy endings. It's I Jack almost imagine. Uh, John Barrowman 
uh, and delivering that line, I've missed this. It's um, I mean, like, I don't think he had to, like, act very yeah. hard with that line. I imagine that the whole, it, yeah. Yeah, I think he said when he was returning, the lineup is different. The police box is the same because he's never acted with any of these people. Mm. Oh, that, that's true. Yeah. That moment that he stands up and he and the doctor are looking at each yeah. other. You don't think no, this but, isn't the actor he played off of the last time he was on the show. No, you don't. They definitely have a rapport that feels uh, like it has a history. Yep. Yeah. So and it's kind of like they're both reading each other's faces. Mm-hmm. The, I don't like I don't think Jack knows how the doctor's going to react. He doesn't know. But he can tell looking at the doctor's face. It's like, oh, wow. Am I right? Yeah. I think yeah. it seems like he suspected maybe. Well, he had 100 years to think about it. Yeah. But he didn't know for certain. Yeah. And then when he sees the look on his face, he's like, well, you oh, did leave me. He did leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he says, you've had a, some work done on your face. Right. And he goes, you're one to talk or something. Yeah. You're one to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I regenerated. <laughs> and uh, Berriman did have some Botox work done at the time. Yeah, that's shocking. <laughs> when they're talking about, I saw that Rose died. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, oh, no, she lived. Sure, now you twitch over and change your tone. She's alive. I love about that moment, though, is it's just just like he did earlier where he switched his, his tone. It's that it's that tenant switching from somber to, to cheerful. I just wish there weren't quite so many reaction shots from Martha. Yeah, I know what you and mean. And even but... later on in the episode, too, where it's just kind of like, all right, we get it. Yeah. I mean, it's like every time you cut back to Martha, you're making her slightly bit more pathetic. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't deserve that because Martha's not. No. Okay, yeah, she said good old Rose. And yeah. I don't think she needed it at this point because everything else that's happened yeah, up until now, she's, she's gotten over for that. Yeah. That <laughs> I liked. Because that's making more fun. I think she's getting over that because her and Jack are now having a rapport and she's not alone. And they're both talking, you know, making fun of the doctor. Oh, so she's blonde. That's it. And then the doctor. The exes. Right. The doctor gets very tiffed at it, you know, and shuts him down. Going, Why are you talking about this trivial stuff? You know, you're doing blogging and, you know, that's such a typical response when you have no real answer to something and you just get upset at the person who's saying the truth. You know, and so the, to me, that's still such a sore subject for the doctor, but that didn't seem to ring too. He should know he's being just ribbed. But I just felt bad because Martha's now finally giving it. So she's at that point where she's knows she's not going to be with him, and she's able to rib him a bit, but then she gets chastised for it. Oh, that I didn't like. It's weird here. I feel like the Rose references make sense because Jack is the one asking about right. Rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because Jack new rose so he would naturally ask oh, yeah agree first but, thing but yeah. it, it's just all the other references kind of diminish this one yes it should have been That's saved for this episode it should because have. it made sense yes the relationships jack martha and the doctor catch up with the running human but are now cut off from reaching the tardis by the future kind they are near the silo and head there the guard lets them in and then opens fire on the future kind who regroup nearby The doctor tells one of the guards who is going out on one last run to find and bring back his TARDIS. The group meets a child named Crete who escorts them through a refugee camp and reunites the human with his family. The doctor and Jack open a locked door and see a huge rocket ship that will take the refugees to Utopia. Yana learns that one of the newcomers is a scientist and rushes to meet the doctor. He brings them to his lab and shows the doctor that he is having a problem with the rocket's escape velocity and asks if the doctor could help. I think now's the time to talk how useless the future kind are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not needed in this story. You, you don't need it for the story, but you need it for um, the stakes. They're at characters. the end of the universe. The but, universe will die. The lights but it's in the not sky, the, it's not the stars, have gone out. But it's not... Ha- 
how long has that taken? These, it might but be then, taking another generation or two or more. Okay, but then you are correct. Write them better. Oh, they I agree. are nothing but. Oh, no, they're nothing but. That's a bunch of rubber tongue tuggers. Okay. <laughs> um, they're nothing but two or three impediments in the plot. True. That are not, not needed to be there. They could be written to be there. another way. Yeah, they could have you know, like wanted they a villain because... Good. I, think, I actually think actually think they complicate the... Story? Uh, yeah. How the Doctor handles things in the universe. I'm curious because just thinking that there's humans that they're going after. Didn't we see before that there was no more humans? Yeah, but they do address that where the Doctor says, you know, you can spend a million years as a cloud of vapor, but you always come back to your basic form. Okay, so that's what I was... I guess that's what they were saying, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure it was... Yeah, the... he was saying somehow you all, you guys always come back to your same basic human shape. All right. And with Cassandra, <laughs> with, you know, Cassandra being the last sort of human, she meant from Earth, but that the humankind and the human form right. had already gone, know, gone to other planets and gone out. So they still stayed human at this, well, before this point, you know, so it wasn't true statement. It wasn't true statement about Cassandra saying she's the last human. Because Rose is like, no, you don't even look human anymore. You don't do this. And there's still humans that have, over generations, moved out, been on New Earth and other things out there. But then it's another moment, like, at the end of the world, where the Doctor is, like, thrilled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's the end of the universe. There's nothing left except for some humans, and they're indomitable, and he is just thrilled yeah. with that. So where it's like you can kind of look at it and go, it's the end of the universe, man. And he's just like, yeah, and you're still here. I really think the future kind was just because they want to... Um, appeal to the younger viewer mm-hmm. and they need a villain. Yeah. A physical villain. Yeah, because the but main... It, they could have had such a great story that was more adult-oriented and cerebral that we are dying out and the universe is going to be dead and then there's this one still hope of Utopia, which is the same old dream they even said. And I think, too, if they were supposed to be this feral group of people, they weren't feral enough. Like That's Reavers right. from okay. Firefly, but, where yeah. they... Yeah, right. yeah but the Reavers make so much more human, sense. But yeah. See, I see the humankind being used in future this... Future kind. I know yeah. Well, I said both. humankind? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I see the future kind being used in this episode as a villain red herring. It's... But I agree with oh. Brian and Frank that... Because they're the yeah. red herring, they mm-hmm. didn't put too much thought into mm-hmm. really okay. fleshing them out as, char- as a group of as a right. villain because they had their main villain Spoilers. that they were focusing yeah. all their energy and writing expertise. Right. But still, no, that's could, a good point. I don't. I totally agree, but they could have put some more special sauce on it. Well, and especially coming off of an episode like Blink, yeah. Yeah. where it was like, whoa, this is so great, to like, what is happening yeah, like if someone watched Blink for the first episode they ever watched and then watched the coming attractions for the next, <laughs> the next episode. Time. The doctor stops Jack from shooting the future kind. Yeah. Love it. He's like, you know, which is the doctor's point. He doesn't want them to die. But That's then they run through the gates. And they don't shoot them. And they don't shoot the future kind. They shoot at his feet. I don't it's get like, it. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that... I didn't understand why you're not killing them. We're going to eat uh, you. I'll well, shoot I mean, at your feet. Make well, they want to clean up. Yeah. They're planning to leave. They have yeah, everybody in, in the silo. And they're, they're sitting around going, well, be ready at a moment's notice whenever we figure out when we're leaving. Maybe Everything's if, ready like, to go. Maybe if they had killed some of them. Yeah. Maybe if they had shot the future kind, that would have made the rest of the future kind come and descend on them like a horde. Yeah, and it would have overrun it. I think that if like it's for ki- it's more for kids this season, they, they basically were trying to show the difference between being humane and not being humane. And being Doctor Who and being Torchwood. Yes. Because Torchwood would have blown oh, really? them right out mm-hmm. in the yeah. 
foreheads. Maybe I gotta watch it. But Doctor Who has killed so many characters before. Right. Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, I do think it's to show the humanity yeah. that they don't have yeah. what they want to eat mm, and they don't humans need it. and they, they don't need want to kill them. What inside. I don't understand, what, well, at that point, it just doesn't make sense. They are inside and they are about to leave. Yeah. I don't think they need to kill them. Though. They could have thrown hungry. some raw meat out at them. <laughs> Pick up Crete and throw them over the fence. <laughs> Here's appetizers. Do they only eat humans or are they? I think it's that there's nothing else to eat. That's all left. Didn't see a dog. (laughs) Speaking of Crete, Crete is played by a Blue Peter winner, John Bell, and he won the contest to appear on Doctor Who Season 3. There is a featurette on the Doctor Who TV movie DVD set on the second disc that you can see his reaction to uh, getting, what do you call it? Finding out that he won. Yes, finding out that he won, and it's, it's really... It's really nice. That kid does a good job. Yeah, that, yeah, that's my favorite part where you have Russell going, this was with the provision that if the kid was bad, I'm <laughs> cutting him out. <laughs> and he didn't have to because Crete was really good. And then where has he gone since? Uh, he, some of you might also know him as he was Bane, the son of Bard in the Hobbit movies. So he is the son who stands on the tower with his dad and has the dragon killing arrow on his shoulder um, which Bard then fires to kill the dragon. Spoilers. And this has nothing to do with Game of Thrones. They're they're not similar at all. And if you're not familiar with uh, what Blue Peter is... It's a TV show that has had a long relationship with Doctor Who and it's a kids TV show. Go back and listen to our episode on Love and Monsters and we talk about it there. Or maybe don't talk about <laughs> love and monsters but anyway the one chain that they had around the cheapest looking doors yeah. for the silo yes. yeah, yeah. It, great defenses on the human side you, know, you get 30 people who could push through that chain I don't think that would stop a suitcase <laughs> from being opened. Martha pulls the severed hand of the doctor out of Jack's backpack. What a sentence. A, it's just, yeah, as you do. It's how Jack detected the doctor landing in Cardiff. The doctor lost his hand in a sword fight and grew another one, which is a bit too much for Martha to grasp. Yana explains that Utopia is an area of space that has been sending out messages for thousands of years. It has been calling out to all humanity so that they can survive when the universe ends. They built the rocket ship to take the remaining humans to Utopia. That is, if Yana can get it to work. The doctor does a little doctoring, and the rocket is fixed. At this point when he says... Because it's like a reverse boot or something. Reverse gravity it's pulse. Gravity boot. Or yeah, it's bootstrap, didn't he say? Something. I wanted him to say no, the third doctor's line, reverse the neutron flow. I actually thought they were going to yeah. lead up to him saying yeah, that. Yeah, I thought that too. It was a little convenient where it was like, oh, but I'm brilliant, and boom, boom, and I just flick this things. switch, and everything turns on. Yeah. What I did think was really good was... You have that moment with Yana where um, he's called Professor, and he actually says, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing for the rest of the episode, he says, oh, Professor, that title's just an affectation, just a name that I picked. It doesn't mean anything. He's not a professor. Sound like somebody else? A doctor. (laughs) And somebody else, maybe a little foreshadowing? It's also the master. Those aren't their names. That's affectations that they chose for themselves. Um, and then you also see where, in one little moment, Yana's saying, "You know, a little, a little admiration, just, just, just a little bit of admiration would have been nice." It's like that's very master-like. Mm. With a severed hand, they not only reference but actually show a scene from when the Sycorax cut off his hand. The Christmas invasion. Yeah, mm. which I'm glad they did because I don't know if I would have recalled Remember? exactly. The it's hand's a- always in Torchwood. It's just uh, there. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, so you always are reminded about it. Mm-hmm. it just because it's in the shot all the time. It's a background, yeah. It's like, I did like the Hermits United. 
<laughs> that was a funny little bit. And it's a sign of Russell's writing. Always that silly little banter coming out of the doctor and like, you know, serious stuff is going on. And then he goes off on a little crazy tangent for a mm-hmm. moment. So it's like, ah, Russell, you did write this episode. Once the doctor has fixed it, he and Jack are working in harmony. I mean, they're throwing parts back yeah. and forth to each other. They're right in sync. It's just a lot like Parting of the Ways mm-hmm. where yeah. Jack is there supporting the doctor 100%. Well, did you see how he just took the doctor's coat? Like, the doctor yep. took his yes. coat off mm-hmm. at one point and, like... In, in the commentary, they mentioned that Behrman wanted business to do, and then that was his uh, idea okay. to pick up the coat. We, we haven't mentioned, though, how every time Jack meets someone new on the show, he's flirting with everybody, and the doctor keeps... Uh, Telling him uh, no. Scolding him for it, just <laughs> like back in that with the ninth doctor let what? jack flirt with whoever he wants <laughs> i can't I even protest. say hello i think there's a good scene between well martha slash rose and chantho because she's feeling <laughs> the rose's position of talking to mm-hmm. you know the other people the common person but she does it a little bit differently which is nice going yeah. why do you keep saying chan in front and then though and how that's rude and martha's the bad influence and do it once just for me come on do it, <laughs> do it. and because it is like cursing and i just i like the uh chanter's answer of no <laughs> so she's <laughs> doing it defiantly but having a little fun with it and her laugh is high-pitched and insect-like to mm-hmm. me oh, so i, I thought that was a nice well, yeah. i thought it pitch was, on it i thought it was 14 year old schoolgirl giggle true i could see that but to me because of the Prosthetic and because the city at the beginning does look like a hive, you know, insectoid. I think conglomeration. It worked with that. <laughs> yeah, because I had the same thoughts that how how familiar it, the scene was to me. Yeah. <laughs> An announcement goes over the intercom that everyone should prepare for boarding. Everyone scurries to get on board when Martha finds Crete. She asks what he thinks this utopia is like, and he says he is looking forward to the sky full of diamonds. That sounds wonderful to Martha, and she tells him to hurry along. Unknown to her, she is being watched by a future kind who has infiltrated the silo. The ship can only be activated from the control room, so Yana plans to stay behind and sacrifice himself so the others can escape. Chanto, who is the last of the native Malmuth people, plans to stay behind with him. A guard announces on a view screen that they found the blue box and that the doctor says they may not have to stay behind after all. When Yana sees the TARDIS, he hears the drums pounding in his head again. And here's another reason the future kind are just there to look menacing. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah. They didn't do anything overwatching, but That's it. not doing anything. Yeah. And hissing. <laughs> I thought Derek Jacoby or Jacoby uh, oh, did a so great good. job so with the, the, the weight and gravitas of this character to kind of sell the history that this character is supposed to feel and also, or embody, and also um, just the psychological thing that he's going through with the drums in his head. Mm-hmm. And if you know the future of the story of this character, when he starts talking about he's always heard the drums since the day he was born, since he was a child, or all, all my life, he says, uh, he's, he does a really great job. Uh, Jacoby is the first knight of the realm to appear on Doctor Who. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Wow. Yeah. The professor said that he has to stay behind because someone has to be in the control room to set off the rocket. Mm-hmm. So he's going to stay behind. Right. He's going to die. And he goes, Enchantro is going to be here because she says she won't leave my side. I'm wondering if that's true or does he just... No, because she, she, she said... She said it. Well, she has a conversation with Martha later yeah. where they... Where she, Chantho talks about how her admiration for right. Yana. Yana? Yeah. Which is how the Martha feels about the yeah. doctor. Mm-hmm. That same thing. It's almost like she's a companion. Or she says stray dog. 
doesn't she? Well, Martha, Martha says, says that she's yeah. like a stray yeah. dog. Yeah. I think it was more we were just so. getting that ex- <laughs> a, a, a exposition exposition from him rather than another way. The last step to launch the rocket is to connect the couplings, but the controls are in a chamber full of radiation. You know, because it's in the script. <laughs> <laughs> Step radiation. I don't mind the scene because Jack undresses to do his part, so it's a good scene. I like that there's a room full of radiation. <laughs> Jack tries. Jack tries to keep the radiation down in that room as a worker in a protective suit goes inside to uh, connect the couplings. The future kind sabotages the power supply and the radiation kills the worker. Jack and the doctor run to the chamber and Jack goes inside to finish the job. The doctor and Jack talk through the protective door about the fact that Jack can no longer die. Something happened to him when Rose was Bad Wolf and the doctor says he should not exist. Even the TARDIS felt Jack was wrong and it came to the end of the universe trying to throw him off. Jack was simply not meant to be, yet here he is. He finishes the job and leaves the room. He and the doctor begin the launch countdown. I like how one of the doctor's explanations for that was you're a fixed point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's why he's wrong. And it's instinctual to the doctor. Yeah. It's yeah. in his guts where he just sees him and he just wants to run. Yeah. I really like that whole conversation. I think it's written really well. And the casualness and, again, the rapport that the two of them have together is a whole other level of, of, of something going on besides just the words being said. And this is their first episode. Yeah. Together, yeah. yeah. I just... I always find it surprising that technology comes down to open cover and turn lock. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's better than trying to step around a fan. That's true. <laughs> I know. That was such a Galaxy Quest moment. <laughs> Who would build it like this? <laughs> uh, before that, the, the hero shot of Jack and the Doctor running with their coats flapping behind them is mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. You know when they, when they filmed that, somebody behind a camera went, Got it! There it is. <laughs> and that line, it's one of my favorites. Um where the doctor says the final act of the time war was life. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love great. that because it's great. again, you're, so you're not thinking of the time war, but Russell just throws it in, and it's like oh. I think I thought that the flashbacks to that episode were actually they fit in really well, yeah, and I mean, even the the shot from the other from the Christmas episode, it didn't feel like you know <laughs> you know let's look back on this past episode. But I always do when they do that quick shot of Jack waking up, waking up, going, oh, he's younger. <laughs> <laughs> In that scene, Jack asks the doctor, um, when did you know mm-hmm. that I changed? And the doctor replies that ever since I ran away from you. And until this time, I kept wondering, oh. is that in Cardiff? When you first saw him and knew right there something was wrong? Maybe that's why was or was it up and sat on satellite five. 5 in year yeah. 200-100? I wondered that too. I don't know. Does wow. he say he ran away from you or does he say left you? He said ever since away. I ran away from you So I what the doctor said. Cardiff... Is what I want to say. And I never thought like, of It's the beginning of the episode. Right. But then later in the same conversation, you're like, oh, maybe he means after Rose brought the, him back. But then you guys were saying that the doctor didn't know that Rose brought him back. No, that well, that's because that's production until... versus storyline. They didn't yeah. write it in the production. They just knew something was going to go on, but they didn't know what. But in this, the line the doctor says is, that's why I left you behind. And he yeah. came with them in Cardiff. So that's why I'm thinking it's yeah. Satellite 5. That's why I left you behind. He, he's saying there he did know Jack was alive again, but something was wrong. So mm-hmm. he took Rose and left. And that's how I always looked at it. I never thought Cardiff. I want to watch that. Oh. The doctor's a jerk sometimes. <laughs> yes. yeah, and that's want- why I like him. If he weren't, if it was just kind of like there was always an excuse to his actions, I would be like, wow. I like that he's a jerk. 
And he did run away from Jack, and he obviously did it again, and didn't care that he was outside of the TARDIS, and the TARDIS was shaking him off. No, I know. A bit of a jerk to kind of, yeah, Yes, you're right. He is a jerk, and he's even admitting it. I mean, the way he's saying these words to Jack through the window is, yeah, I ran. I'm a jerk. So and I get it. cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> And Jack calls, calls him out, so you're a little bit racist. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a part of me just like, I never when, I watch, when I watch The Parting of the Ways, it's like, I don't want Eccleston's last moment to be jerkish. There was a lot going on in those few moments. I want to watch that again, that they put on before the Christmas invasion. Mm, yeah. You Because know, you said that the really affected... Yeah, that affected what you thought mm-hmm. of the Doctor, because they talked about Jack and that. Right. So I want to watch it again, because it's... It's been a while. He's off rebuilding the earth, is what he says to Rose. We mm. should go get Jack, because she doesn't know he's dead. In 200,011. Yeah. And that does and, and change things a little mm. bit. But then you could say, oh, that's Torchwood. <laughs> but not really rebuilding, is it? Well, he, but the doctor, at that point, the doctor doesn't, doesn't know, know Torchwood. that... Never mind. But he doesn't that. know that Jack is going to jump back in time. He's not going to assume that right. on this piece of crap technology that the doctor wouldn't use until he, unless it was life or death... He's not going to jump back 200,000 years, approximately. So he's thinking that Jack's going to live on, live on where he left him. Right. Rebuilding the Earth. There. Rebuilding mm-hmm. the Earth because the Earth would need him at that point. All right. Yana is listening to this over the intercom and seems to be remembering something. Time Traveler, TARDIS, regeneration. It all echoes in his mind with the beatings of drums. He begins to cry and Chanto and Martha check on him. He says that he was never good when it came to time and even his pocket watch didn't work. Martha recognizes the watch as being nearly identical to the one that housed the doctor's consciousness when he became human hiding from the family of blood. She runs to the doctor and Jack and tells them about the watch. Yana never really looked at the watch before but now focuses on it. Martha reminds the doctor of the face of Bo's dying words, You are not alone. Y-A-N-A. Yana. The rocket launches and Yana opens his watch. And there are a lot of flashes to other episodes in this episode. Here you see a real angry doctor yelling at Martha. I mean, that's like, you know, when the oh. calm person that you've known mm-hmm. really loses it, it scares the oh, I know dickens out of you. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Eccleston. And it kind of reminded me that the doctor is kind of playing back what he was going through as Eccleston with Jack, so that's why that rage and that passion kind of mm. boils out. Which moment so that, are you guys talking about? Right after the ship leaves, right? No. Um, he has. Martha's runs to him and says, the professor has a watch that's identical to yours, and he says, that can't be. And she goes, no. <laughs> hey, I know this. I lived there for months <laughs> without you. That I know this is the watch. Mm-hmm. He is there. Remember the face of Bo and all that. And it's like, he didn't used to look at the watch. And the doctor turns to her and it's like, he can see it now. Can he see it now? And he just like is on top of her, mm-hmm. yelling. And it's just... Scary, because it's like you can see how much power the doctor can have if he doesn't control himself, or if he lets it go and doesn't have the um, conscience or morals. You know how the doctor could just, if he wanted to take over the universe, could at this point being like the last the vengeful, time lord, vengeful doctor. Vengeful doctor. I uh, I love that whole build up when Martha starts to put the pieces together. The second she sees the watch, to when she goes and runs to him, I, I think that's a. Uh, she really sells that sense of dread and uh, pressure of time to get all that information out. It's also the introduction of the master's theme. It's the first time we hear it clearly. Is and it's the also way? the first time we hear four drum beats clearly. That's the first time? Yeah, up until this point, we hear lots of drums. Right. 
The second time we hear drums, it's a little bit clearer and a little bit more distinct. But this is the first time we only hear four beats. Mm -hmm. Is the master a classic Who villain? Correct. The first one you might have seen him in is uh, the TV movie with uh, Eric Roberts. He played the master. Kind of reminds me of like Moriarty. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. Moriarty. And he was much more like that. He starts with the third doctor and they have um, a lot of their episodes are that battle of wits. You're my friend, my enemy. Wait, are you my friend? Are you my enemy? You know, a lot of their episodes end with the two of them shaking hands and parting. But the master's a bad guy. But is he? It's kind of like in the X-Men movies. It's Professor X and Magneto. Mm-hmm. Yes. They knew each other. They were friends, but they both have different ideas of what should happen and how it's going to come about. Mm-hmm. And they become enemies, but there's still that friendship or respect there, even though they don't agree and they're going to be combating. That doesn't seem to be who we involved into, though, at this point and further on. Um, seems much more. But even back then, the, the master was always selfish. That's the difference between the two characters mm-hmm. is the Doctor is, for the most part, <laughs> selfless, for the most part, and the Master is always selfish. The Master turns into someone maniacal, pretty much. Yeah. He's a little cuckoo but, for Cocoa yeah. Puffs. But, um, but speaking of the Master and being a classic villain, um, in that... Were you, did you watch the, the episode with us? We watched yes. the TV movie. And I was, is this yeah, I was there. Yeah, he was the bad guy. Julia Roberts' brother. He was the one who came out in that awful The Terminator. I started with the Terminator, and then I turned into RuPaul. I was going to say Liberace. That's right. That was the master. One one thing in this scene that's kind of gets retconned later. Um, so I, I don't want to say too much about it, but Martha mentions like some information in front of Jack that the retconning later, like it should have been a red flag here. Like if you get technical, like she mentions where the, that the face of Bo had said, you know, you are not alone. Right. Well, yeah. Yes. You're, you're... Yes. And it's something that later. Yeah. We okay. will talk about later, but it's like at this point, like it should have sparked something if the later retconning Wasn't was there. not a retcon, but was an actual like through storyline. To Jack, it works in this. Why? Episode. Why? This is his. He doesn't know he's the face of Bo yet. Wow. No, that's what he used to be called no. when he was younger. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's right, yes. the face of Bo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the fact that Martha was saying the face of Bo in front of him like, should have said that was my yeah. old nickname. Right. It's my a, old nickname. But it's yeah. a big universe. <laughs> sure, sure. But still, no. Shut up. <laughs> no. Yana is in his lab with Chantho and the TARDIS, but locks out the Doctor, Martha, and Jack. He shuts down the power to the silo's defenses, allowing the future kind in. Chantho tries to stop him, but he attacks her and chastises her for not helping him remember who he truly is. She pleads with the professor, and he tells her that that is not his name. Call him the master. I didn't really get this. So was he inferring that she knew? No, he's just being a selfish no, master. He's just being like... You should, that's such yeah, a maniacal. We've been together for 17 years, and you didn't you ever do. ask me about the watch. You didn't bring my attention to the watch because it has the perception filter. Mm-hmm. And so he now he's realizes, not going to look at it. It's like, what kind of a friend or companion did I choose in you who never asked about this watch? That there's I really have? no reason she should have. No, not at all. Right. No, it's just him being. He's just being a. I've been right. stuck in this life for a lot longer yeah. than I planned to be. And he's going to lash out at somebody because that's what the master does. Right. Okay. And this point where he looks at the watch is where Professor.
Professor Yana examines it, we get the voices of Roger Delgado and Anthony Ainley, who were the, the two of the previous masters. Oh, there's and two people. There's more than that. There's and more. then Eric Roberts also. Right, but in this, And then there, there's also... Yeah. A, in the line, there, there were two people mm-hmm. talking? Well, like what it is is... I'm reading this from uh, the TARDIS wiki. Each sentence heard from the watch were spoken by Derek Jacobi and Robert Delgado, respectively. So the first one was Derek, the second one was Roger. Um, the latter was taken from an audio clip from the classic series episode so the demons and the chuckle is Anthony Ainsley. Uh, that was his trademark laugh from the, his classic series appearances. Was that chuckle? Um, though they don't know what episode that one is specifically from. And one little tidbit: Eric Roberts did give permission uh, for them to use audio of him as the master from the TV movie, but Fox refused. So the clip was cut. <laughs> Thanks, Fox. Yeah, you're so super, Fox. And look at your, look at Derek Jacoby's face. Yeah, the way he changes into a whole other person. Oh my gosh! When he, that slow turn and the music's going, and on his face, you're just reading a completely different person, and it's fantastic. Because to me, that's like a switch being flipped. Yeah. And it's amazing that before that he was like crying and like in pain, and then all of a sudden he's maniacal and just meaning harm. It's amazing. He's just a completely he's different. Great person. character. Great acting from, from Jacoby. Although I do wish he would stutter. Chantho's last act before she dies is to shoot the master just as the doctor, Martha, and Jack force their way into the laboratory. The master takes the doctor's severed hand, limps into the TARDIS, and locks the door. He regenerates and taunts the doctor over an intercom. Martha recognizes the voice but is busy with Jack as they try to hold back the future kind. The doctor does something to the TARDIS with his sonic as it dematerializes, leaving them trapped at the end of the universe. Well, also the doctor and he have a conversation while all that's happening. Mm-hmm. Call me by my name. And then uh, you mentioned he regenerates before he leaves. Yes. So that most of that conversation happens after? After. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he hits the intercom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's, it's apparent that, that the doctor knows who he is. He knows he's the master. Now, yeah, yeah. He's figured it Not out. Not just another Time Lord. And in this moment, we have two firsts that have happened. Uh, this is the first time we see the master undergoing a regeneration on screen and then also the doctor in the first series uses the sonic screwdriver vertically and that's how it was done in the classic series that's um, right that was a yeah. bit different because he always pointed it instead of this way i love uh the master when he's like why don't i explain to you my clever evil plan <laughs> giving you time to figure out how to stop me Not. and it, yeah and it's just because that's you know the master would do that this incarn this new incarnation of the master with this actor is very moriarty from the Sherlock show. Young, sarcastic, annoying, antagonistic. Oh, but I like this master. I don't like him at all. I don't like him from moment one. <laughs> I don't, I mean, he's, I, I do wish, yeah, I do wish I just, Jacoby hadn't regenerated. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think the actor's doing a bad job. I just don't like what he's doing from, yeah, for, for the that. rest of this run. I like the, the doctor here almost pleading with the master yeah, not to go. It yeah, felt like he would, but it felt like he would leave Jack and Martha to go with the master, like, just because, like, that's what it felt like in this moment. Now, I don't have the whole history of the doctor and the master, but I felt like he would have left them behind to yeah. join the master, like, just so he could be with mm-hmm. with him wherever they go, wherever he was going. Or 
to stop him? No, to no, me, no. to me, it felt like he was with, with the last two. Yeah, he wasn't We're looking it. to harm the master at all. He wanted to, uh, you know, be brothers. Like this is after the time war where he, like, oh. because all of the master previously there was time lords all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Like Alfred was still around. Right. So this was after genocide. You're it. I just found you. Like yeah. these people. I mean, we are know. seeing the no, doctor's see desperate that. loneliness. Yeah, I can see that because he even says like. Um, you don't like he says something with the facts like you don't you don't know yeah. we're the only two or what what's the something line? like what that we're the, we're, the o- we're the last and I almost feel like in his face and his voice you could sense him feeling I, I couldn't have anticipated this this lonely pain. So when did he realize it was the master? Yeah, in a couple <laughs> minutes while he was in that room talking to him, or there was a moment too where you saw in his face that he, he sensed it. He sensed something when he when he actually woke up. I think. Well, I do think it's down in the control room with Martha. I think that's why because I think Martha. in his mind, maybe I'm giving you know, is this is a doctor. So who who wasn't involved in the time war who's not on gallifrey who what time lord could be out there yeah. with everything going mm, on with the whole thing that's probably what and it is it could be to him the master comes to mind oh i also think it's probably a part of of course it's the master <laughs> or because the master is the only one that's kind of on the same playing field as the doctor is that who else would be the only other gallifreyan that would be desperate enough to create to do this to themselves because as we think so much alike, we are, we've become enemies, except you fall on the selfish side and I fall on the try to do better side. He saw the end of the time war coming and he said, well, I'm going to make myself human. So when this thing happens, we I'm going to stay alive. I bet you that's what, I bet I you don't, that's what happens. We don't, I don't know. think so. I think it's too bad. <laughs> that's a possibility. <laughs> I'm thinking when the doctor ran and the door closed and locked them in. He knew at that point. Yeah, my suspicions are certain that this is the master. The doctor may not be happy with any Time Lord coming back. He may be the last one, but there's a reason why he's the last one. Right, right. He got rid of them all. I'm just looking this up online, and um, you know, Jack says, "Oh, you might not be the last Time Lord," and Martha says that should be brilliant news, and the doctor says it depends on which Time on Lord. Which time lord. Yeah. 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 That was so, in this episode. That was this episode oh, okay. just now. Yeah. They cut to Martha really quick. Going, I know that voice. Yes. I thought that was a great little, mm-hmm. what? How yeah. do you know who this yeah. is? And I then like the show's going to end and you're not going to be well, fulfilled. It's, it's and the you thing might... that Brian has been pointing out to us, or has it been you, Frank? Every episode you're like, ooh, remember this. Oh, right. remember <laughs> yeah. this person. Um, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the callback to the mystery. The big mm-hmm. mystery of the mm-hmm. of the season. For you listeners who but, aren't caught up with the show as you're listening, you'll find out in the very beginning of the next episode. So don't worry and, about it. Um, oh, it's also on. something, it's so mm-hmm. quick, and there's so much going on, and the music's so loud. You may not catch it the first time. Yeah. Right. You know, but it's Martha knowing. Yeah, but it's like, I think it's master. like on second or third. It's like, she says wait, it like oh, three man. times. The music. Wait, no, she says it. The music in this last scene. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh like, that like uh, when that he goes tribal to, music? Oh, yeah, when he goes to, when the master goes to open the TARDIS, you got yeah. like this tribal music. Yeah. And then it switches to, I don't know, maybe the doc, um, the master's theme. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. But we have like a change of four to five musical themes. It was very chaotic. Yes, the anxiety level definitely. Chaos is a ladder. It's a great cliffhanger. <laughs> it's a great cliffhanger. All right, Utopia. Who is this episode good for? Or this episode is good for who? Uh, I'm going to say quickly this is going to be good for a, ca- well, Not a casual viewer of, uh, of Doctor Who. Um, you know, familiar with it. Not for a new person because there's just too much backstory going on. 
Um, and it's also the of an the first of an ongoing story. So I'm just going to say casual on this one. Great episode. I love it. Derek Jacoby should have gotten an Emmy, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean this this episode. I I can't remember. Did we mention just how it abruptly ends? And is this episode part of like a trilogy? Yes. It's like a three parter, right? right. Yeah. And, and or at least it's an ongoing. It wraps up the the season, right? Yep. So. When I'm trying to think of who it's good for, it's somewhere between like a casual viewer and a fan, because I want to say it's only good for a fan. Like if you were just casually watching, I wouldn't watch this episode, but you kind of need to watch this episode to watch the next two episodes. So um, I'm torn between a casual viewer and a fan. Um, I want to say just a fan. But then if you're a casual viewer and you're going to watch the next two episodes, you need to watch this episode, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to say it's good for a fan. I'm going to say you don't need to watch this episode to watch the next two. I say you could skip this episode. Watch the last five minutes. Watch the last, yes. Watch the last five minutes. And this episode is good for a fan. Oh, but that makes me sad because I love season <laughs> Season three is so good and I only... I, TikTok, oh. TikTok, TikTok. I say, I'm going to wait until the end. <laughs> you already chose. It's a fan. Set in stone. Done. I We're think, looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's for a casual viewer. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I love Jack. So anyone should watch an episode with Jack in it. He takes his shirt off, too. Not all off, but off enough. He's wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt and suspenders. It's cute. Yeah, I, I was leaning towards fan... But does have Jack. I think I I'll like s- that smile. I'll still go with I'll still go with uh, it's good for a fan. Like it is a lot of putting all the pieces in place, I think, for the next episodes. Um, but for myself, I, I would not be quick to recommend it to a casual viewer as something to, to rewatch if they were or to watch in the first place. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with a fan. I'm sticking with it. I'm going to say casual because I think if someone's familiar with Doctor Who and they're a fan and they're not familiar with this episode, I think there's enough in it. It's almost like a clip show and it refers to a lot of things, but it doesn't just refer to them. It actually explains them enough to understand them in context. I don't think someone who's not 100% familiar would be lost as much as intrigued. Um, But I do think someone f- fresh off the boat from Doctor Who or uh, wouldn't know anything that would be going on. But I think someone who's just casual about it would, would enjoy it. I think it's a good enough episode where you don't have to just be a diehard. I think it's better than one just because you really like it. I would not introduce Doctor Who. So new person and the majority of people I don't think who don't know enough about who would like it. Josh, for the same reasons you put it in casual is the reason I'm not putting it in casual. Because they have a lot of, you know, like I said, clip episode, little you know, reminders of what's going on, which gives you some exposition, but it doesn't give you the reminders unless you've seen it already. Mm, I think, you don't get the yeah. whole feel of what's going on. Why was he battling the Sycorax? A lot of emotions and thoughts come flooding back when you see that scene that you remember. And it was like, oh, yeah, I always wanted to know what happened to that hand. You know, <laughs> did it just fall and hit somebody? What? Where did it go? Where did it go? So I would put it in fan because, <laughs> because I think it has a lot of history for this episode that has been building up over time. And it does start a three-parter where somebody who's new is not going to be sitting down for a three-hour version of a story. 
Right. <laughs> I don't know. Arlene did that this morning with her friend. They saw three episodes. Yeah. Not one <laughs> one big story. That's where I think was putting a lot of time yeah. in. I don't think it's, this is a good story three-parter to introduce to someone. Right. I, I, I so that's why I news out. But I think a casual yeah. would still be lost going... Wait a minute. You know, if they're just casually watching it, they may not have even seen a Martha episode. They might have known, well, who's Rose? Where do I happen to Rose? And you get a little bit of that, but, but what do you Jack. mean she's dead? Yes, Jack is great. Fine. <laughs> John Berriman, <laughs> really attractive sense. man. Fine. But I would put it as the viewer should already be a fan and know the ideas and what's really going on with a Doctor Who. They would have to know about the watch. I think mm-hmm. you see that and you would be right there with Martha and it, you'd miss too much if it's just casual viewer. For me, there's a lot going on in this episode that pays service to the fans. Like you have the return of the master since the TV movie, and you're you're rewarding the audience for watching episodes in season three, like with uh, the references to human nature, and then even season two with uh, the Christmas invasions. I'm torn between a casual and a fan, but I'll probably go with a fan on this one, <laughs> just because you won't get all the references. So how many is it? Fans? Uh, four, four fans and three casuals. So you've heard our thoughts. When did you think that the Doctor ran away from Captain Jack, and why? Let us know. Email us at whonopodcast at gmail.com. So that wraps up Utopia. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time when the future becomes the present. You've just listened to an episode of Who Knew. Our wonderful theme music is by Michael Grady. Find him on Facebook at The Universe Explodes. All our episodes are engineered by our very own Auburn. Find me at auburnbinkley.com. You can find this show in several places. Follow us on Twitter at Who Knew Podcasts. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Who Knew Podcast. All our episodes are on whonewpodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at whonewpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who, the longest running sci-fi show in history and especially the revival spearheaded by Russell T. Davis. Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord. Your work continues to inspire and entertain. Atapia. 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 Okay. Hey-oh. Up to here. <laughs> Red leather, yellow leather. Unique New York. <laughs> toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Toy boat. The rain Toy in boat. Spain. That's a tough one. Toy boat? That's hard. <clears throat> Is there as much running on Torchwood? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a good amount. Yep. To get their cardio in. Alright. Well they yeah, have like uh, but they've got they've got cars and Land Rovers? Yeah, and yeah, they they travel by Land Rover. They don't really run. They as do much a lot as... of aerial photography. Yeah. yeah. Get between Jack places. Jack spends a lot of time standing on top of tall buildings. Yeah. yeah. Not so much running. But <laughs> a lot of... He's pretty. Yeah. And they need to have good pretty shots. Yeah. <laughs>